John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. If cutting-edge synths and studio-quality effects are your thing, they are, right? Our friends over at Native Instruments have a deal for you. The complete 14 Select Collection contains 18 premium instruments and effects, 8 expansions, sound packs, and more than 15,000 sounds. Legendary vintage synths, sampled percussion, pianos and organs, there's even a sampled Rickenbacker 4003 bass. Put a little round reverb in there, add some replica delay, I smell a hit. Go to nativeinstruments.com and use the promo code PODCAST to save 50% on Native Instruments' complete 14 Select software bundle. Hey, it's me, Ed Peterson. And it's me, John Kiltica. How are you, John? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, everything seems pretty cool. It does. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's the High Game Podcast. It is the High Game Podcast. We talk about bass guitars. Yes. Pedals. Pedals. Bands, touring, current events. This week we do, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about movies. Who knows? You never do know. Mm-mm. Especially not with you, Ed. <laughs> sure. 
Mid-sentence, Ed will just... Yeah, John's got a thing he wants to talk about, but he said something that spun me off to thinking about Clint Eastwood movies, and I've just got to jump in there with some weirdo Richard Jewell factoid or something. That's right. We do have something that's kind of not our standard fare. Sure. Where are we recording from? Oh, we are in beautiful West Seattle, Washington. How is it? It's very spring-like. I'm going to try to get down to the water more this year. We are half a mile from the beach. Beautiful Puget Sound. Yeah. Some years we go a lot, some years not as much. We went down there a couple weeks ago and had some great fish and chips. Great. You can see the water so you can watch the fairies going back and forth, the occasional orca whale. Pods of orca out there in the beautiful Puget Sound. Beverages. Beverages, Ed. That had some, I would say, like Robert Smith vibe to it. I have a huge soft spot for The Cure. I was trying to channel Joy Division, New Order. Yes, Peter Hook. Peter Hook. They're my jam in that sound, because that's a bass six. A hooky bass six pro by Eastwood. I gotta wonder if Peter Hook likes beverages. Did I forget beverages again? I've got a crow mug with some black coffee in it. (laughs) You love that mug. I do. I love it. Well, awesome. I have coffee too, but I see that you've got something in a can. Trader Joe's sparkling water, lime. What about you? What do you got? I am working on the electrolytes again. Oh. With a zero Gatorade in the classic lime flavor. To my way of thinking, the only Gatorade flavor. Yeah. Your electrolyte game? Through the roof. On point. This thing sounds kind of nice. <laughs> this is a hooky uh-huh. bass. Peter Hook from Joy Division in New Order. Styled after his sure gold bass. Okay. Let's give a little bit of the backstory there. Sure. Peter Hook early in his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he formed Joy Division 75, 76. They were originally called Warsaw. Right, which is a great name. Yeah. So is Joy Division, formed after seeing the Sex Pistols. I think that's right. Right place, right time kind of thing. He goes to see the Sex Pistols. Imagine the kind of vibe of that entire show. You're sitting there with your eyeballs taking it in. Yeah. All of it. And he leaves and thinks, I want to play the bass. Right. People were probably like, I either want to be Johnny Rotten or Sid Vicious. At that point, mid-70s, mm-hmm. there was a company in the UK called Shergold. And what Shergold was doing when they were first established was cabinetry woodworking stuff. Can you build me a cabinet? Yes. Can yep. you build me a guitar neck and a body? Yes. They were a wood shop. Yeah. Two guys mainly. Jack and Norman. Sure. They were contracted to, among others, Burns Guitars. Okay. Once that contract ran out, The furniture stuff wasn't quite enough to keep them going. Okay. It was getting pretty tough. So Jack and Norm are like, what are we going to do, buddy? And they're in London. They're in London. Okay. As long as they're going to be broke, why don't we make our own guitars? And Shergold Guitars was born. Okay. That was 75, right about the same time Joy Division was born. So it's not a stretch to think that once our man Peter Hook played whatever basses he was playing, 
He went looking for something local, maybe. Yeah. And maybe it was less expensive, too. I don't know. His original bass was like a EB. What are the Gibson EBs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a copy. That makes sense. And he's played a lot of basses over the years. I go into a bass shop and I look at all the basses. I think bass players are maybe less locked to convention. I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. There are a lot of people that like kind of blobby, crazy exotic wood, tons of electronics in them. Yep. But I don't know. There's probably just as many people that are like... P-Bass. If you don't have a P-Bass now, you're gonna. I don't got one. You're gonna. (laughs) (laughs) So they start making guitars. Okay. Among them, a marathon bass. Sure. This reproduction we're holding today copies it exactly. Here's what we're looking at. It's got a maple neck. It has an alder body. This one is black. Correct. A pickguard, two knobs, and a switch. Little pickguard. Little pickguard. Kind of a bronze. Like a gold guard? Yeah. It's got a volume and a tone and a switch in the middle. There is one humbucker pickup in here. So the switch is splitting the coils. If you switch it the other way, it's a boost. Oh, yeah, it is. I actually think I like the tone of the split a little better. Do you? I think so. It's nice. By the way, to get the kind of chorusy sound, we're using an Old Blood Noise Endeavors visitor pedal. Yep. And I've got it set. Chorusy. Chorusy. I wonder what happens if I put it to the phasey part of it. That sounds great. Give it a little 1981. Drive. At the time, Shergold was innovating in a couple different areas. You'll notice that the neck on this is very wide. Most bass sixes we might pick up, or even baritone basses, the string spacing is keeping in mind more a guitar feel. Right. This one, the string spacing is closer to what you'll find on a bass. So especially higher up on the neck, this thing is wide. You've kind of jumped back and forth between playing with your fingers and playing with a pick. Yeah. I've played around with some Fender bass six things. I don't think you can really play finger style. I picked this thing up, and I think I was expecting closer to the bass six or baritone style thinner guitar neck. Right. This is not that. This would take a lot of work for me to get used to. And, you know, playing with my fingers is not as satisfying on this thing as the pick. (laughs) 
also used a bi-directional truss rod. It can be adjusted. Both sides? Yeah. I think that's what that means. <laughs> Semi-neck through the body. It was a set neck going almost halfway through the body. Weird. A lot of people will do that, but in 1975, that yeah. wasn't as much of a thing. And they also had interchangeable control electronics. I wonder what kind of options you could get there. I imagine you could have like built-in effects. You could have maybe some sort of EQ or phase switch. Split and a phase switch would be pretty great. You like the split better than the boost. I do. It's never a bad day for tremolo. No. Well, by 1982, though, Shergold stopped making guitars. Uh, there was a downturn in UK demand for UK-built instruments. Huh. I don't know. Was it easier to get a Fender? Yeah, or metal is a common, and people are wanting Kramers, and yeah. tastes change. I imagine they made regular guitars and regular basses as well as this thing. Yes. So... Fender and Gibson were trying all kinds of weird shit in the 80s because people wanted different stuff. Yeah. Look at all the Norlin era garbage Ugh. that was out there. Well, that makes sense. Well, fortunately for our guys, Jack and Norman, mm -hmm. they could still make furniture for people. They got through doing that. Good. Until Norman decides, I can't do it anymore. I'm oh, leaving. No. He goes to Australia. Prisoner style. Yeah, prisoner style. Go hang out in the <laughs> outback, you know? Here's a kangaroo. Suck on that. Yeah. The dingo ate your baby. You know, it did, right? Did it? Yeah. I think people have an expectation around grief and the way people act in extremely stressful circumstances. Right. You expect a person to, like, freak out and be screaming and yelling. And I think her appearance, when they had her on camera and stuff, appeared to be calm, and I think people took it as, she's guilty. When, in fact, she's, like, going through a tremendous amount of trauma. Uh, can you imagine, like, in South Africa, where they have all those baboons? Mm. The baboon breaks in, grabs a paperweight or something, and just sure. beats you to death with it? You don't want to get on the wrong side of an ape who's having a real bad day. No. Right? No. There's that woman whose face got eaten off by a pet chimp. And her, her friend, friend called 911. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's ripping her face off! Ah, he's ripping her face off! That's John doing some character work. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I love it when you do character work and, you know. Well, so that's where Norman goes. <laughs> that's how we got on this. Right, he went to Australia. Yeah. That only leaves Jack. Mm -hmm. And in 1991, not too far after, eight years later, Jack is thinking, well, maybe I'll start making guitars again. I wish Norman was here, sure. but he's hanging out with the koalas. Right. Maybe I'll do it myself. Mm -hmm. By that point, 91, there is renewed interest in UK guitars, and he's thinking, you know, maybe people will be into this. Yeah. So he starts with what he calls a limited edition masquerader guitar. New design. Masquerader? Masquerader. What was the earlier one called? This one? Marathon? Marathon. Okay. By all accounts, he's doing great. Until he's not. 
1992, our man dies. That's the end of Shergold. It closes. The captain left. Yeah. There weren't many all up across all the models yeah. made, but estimates are that Peter Hook himself has at least three of them. Three of the basics. Yeah, Shergolds. Okay. 92, it closes down, right? Yeah. 1992, I make the future Vicky Peterson uh-huh. a, a mixtape. For the viewers out there who aren't familiar with this, you would take a audio cassette and you would have either other audio cassettes or vinyl, sometimes CDs. And, you know, if you were courting someone, it's kind of your resume. Your musical resume. Yeah. Here's some Fresh Prince cuts. <laughs> In 92, I made Vicky one. Uh-huh. I put She's Lost Control on the mixtape. That song is such a banger, and it is so Peter Hook-driven. I'm not entirely sure if it's a bass six. I saw She's Lost Control, one of the original videos of them performing it. Peter Hook was playing a Rickenbacker. In my DNA, Peter Hook is there. Well, let's see what this thing does, Ed. Okay. This is Boost On, Trouble uh-huh. All The Way Down. Okay. Okay, what if we go single coil as trebly as possible? Yes, please. South of the 12th fret. Give me a little something down there. Let's add a little overdrive, as Peter Hook himself might do. Please. Let's add some of that phasey, chorusy stuff. This instrument really sings played that way. Drone notes and partial chords. Straight bass lines? Nah, that's not what this is for, I don't think. Yeah. In 2015, Ed, guess what happens? What? Shergold Guitars is purchased and revived by one Brian Cleary. Turns out the company he owns was the original UK distributor for Shergold. What's this dude's name? Brian. Brian. He buys it and they get themselves a luthier. Mm-hmm. To this day, you can go look at Shergold Guitars. Shergoldguitars.com. Two years after Shergold gets up and running, mm-hmm. Eastwood approaches Peter Hook. Okay. And they say, hey, Peter Hook, what if we were to exactly recreate your marathon base six down to the last detail? He's in. He's thinking, well, you could try. No promises, but give it a shot. Mm-hmm. He loaned it to them. One of them. Yeah. They measured it. They did all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they presented it to him in 2018 or something as the prototype. Not only did he like it, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to keep this. 
the prototype. He kept it. Sure. Yeah. They must have hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah. On the original Shergold headstocks, there was the name Shergold, but then there was also a little line drawing of a guy woodworking. Oh, funny. On this hooky bass, it's a little line drawing of Peter Hook playing bass. That's pretty sick. You could get this in red if that's your thing. If you're going to be in some angular kind of modern band... If you're going to be in a Joy Division New Order cover band, uh-huh. <laughs> hell yes. You're probably going to need one of these. Yeah, yeah. You're going to play Ed and Vicky's 30th anniversary, then you need to get one of these. I could see you writing that into the agreement. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to need a list of your gear. <laughs> yeah. I like how clean this thing is. Simple looking, you know? It's really nice. It's really fun. And these are, when you can find them, very affordable. Sure. But here's a question. Uh-huh. When Shergold first made them, Ed. Uh-huh. American U.S. dollars, 1975. What are you going to pay for a Shergold marathon base? 75. Yes. In 75, what do you think a movie ticket cost? Whoa. $2? Oh, my God. What? 205. Let's call that two bucks. Are they really taking two dollars and a nickel? Come on. They're taking two bucks. 205. That's dumb. Yeah. What do you think a house cost in 75? 40? Oh my God, John. What? You are so good at this game. What what was it? (laughs) 39,500. Let's round that up to 40. Oh my God. Give me a dozen eggs. In 75. 75. A dozen eggs. A dollar 19. 77 cents. Oh. I don't know that any of these numbers help me narrow down the cost of this guitar. Yeah, in the UK. In the UK, <laughs> right? In 1975 in the UK, how much were eggs in America? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 70s, tons of inflation. The economy was kind of fucked up, too. This guitar cost... $242. That's not bad. Eh. $350 US dollars in 1975. Huh. Is that two grand? 1600 today. Okay. Totally reasonable. Yeah. It's very nice. You gotta try it. It is black. Mm. That's always a plus for you, I know. Love it. Gold Guard Pick Guard mm-hmm. makes all the sounds you expect from your Joy Division cover band. Mm, love it. Pirate Deny had the Eastwood Hooky Base 6 Pro. Uh, yeah, like. I feel terrible that I just don't really want one of these. And I love the idea of a bass six. Love it. Yeah. Love the sound of this thing. Love the way it plays. I would want something 
built for a guitar player and not a bass player. I've played some newer and vintage bass sixes from Fender, and they have that tighter string spacing. I would much rather have something like that because that neck on that thing, it would take a lot of work for me to get used to that. Yeah, the neck on this is a beast. Yeah, but I feel like a bass player is kind of more used to that, especially those dudes who play five and six string basses. Yeah. I pick up a regular six string bass and I'm just like, what is going on? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What about you? I'd have to deny also. Oh, man. But not on the merits of the instrument. Right. I've never played an original Shergold version. Mm-hmm. But if it's true that this is an exact match, and Peter right. Ork seems to think so. Yeah. Yeah, I like the sound. I like what it can do. Mm-hmm. I just am not going to do it. I do need my Joy Division cover band to play one of those. Yeah. Yes, that is a requirement. I just don't think it's a requirement for Ed Peterson. So, viewers, it sounds like we're both saying the same thing. We're not saying don't buy it because it sucks. No, 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 no. You know, it's just not our particular preference. Yeah. But if it was your thing... Yeah, these are great. Just keep in mind the neck's going to be that much wider. Yeah. The string spacing falls more on the bass side than the guitar side. On purely that, I've got the side jack, the baritone side jack from Eastwood, and I love it. And it is guitar spacing. That's your caveat. Careful of that neck. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take lots of pictures of this. Should we put them on the internet? We should put them on the Instagrams. Uh-huh. Maybe some on the highgame.com. Oh, yeah, our website. Yeah. You should go there. Sure. Is there anything else anybody wants to know about any of this, Ed? Well, people are stoked that we are part of the ruinous media network of music-related podcasts. Oh, you nailed that. It makes me so nervous. I knew what you wanted me to say, and it's like, don't screw it up, Ed. I got it. You nailed it. Joe's going to be so proud. He's going to send me a little gold star. That'll be your first. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's come back next week and we'll do another one. Yeah. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, Ed.